Hey everybody, it's Seth from Locked On Wild. Just a quick note before we get to today's episode. The news regarding Marcus Foligno being the wild player that has COVID-19 came out after today's episode was initially recorded with Lexus Pearson of the Bardown Beauties podcast. We heard that there was a player, uh, courtesy of Michael Russo, tweeting out that uh, there was a player that had tested positive for COVID-19, but the official word had not reached uh, until after we recorded. So uh, we speculated as to uh, to who it might be, but uh, obviously didn't have the name. Nonetheless, uh, we will try to get you a pregame episode, a bonus episode for you to talk about some of the impact once we know um, some of the bigger pictures to who's playing and who's not. Obviously, Tyson Jost still uh, likely out. Uh, Mitchell Chafee, it sounds like, is coming up from Iowa to uh, fill the roster spot for Felino. So uh, we'll get you a bonus pregame episode uh, before uh, tonight's game against the Canadians. But uh, without further ado, let's get you to today's episode with Alexis Pearson of the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Which teams have the best chance in the Western Conference to actually go the distance? Which teams scare the Minnesota Wilds? Plus a positive COVID test for the Wild heading to Canada. All that and more today on Locked on Wilds. You're Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to an episode, another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. Just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available here, there, everywhere. On today's episode of Locked On Wilds, we discuss the big breaking news that uh, a member of the Minnesota Wild has tested positive for COVID-19. If that is revealed during the course of the recording, we will discuss it. But uh, Wild will be shorthanded. Against Montreal, we'll also discuss how the uh, Western Conference playoff picture could play out with Alexis Pearson of the Bar Down Beauties podcast. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wilds, veteran captain and host of the show. Make sure to give uh, both me and Lockdown Wild a follow on Twitter and follow our guest as well, Alexis Pearson of the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Alexis, Considering the news that uh, that just broke as we were about to hit record, um, just I guess no chance to uh, no chance to celebrate the clinch because uh, it sounds as though the Wild will be shorthanded uh, against more shorthanded against the Canadians. Yeah, it's going to be um, five days. They'll have to be out of the lineup for, which means they'd be missing three games, Tuesday's game against Montreal, and then the back-to-back Thursday, Friday against Vancouver and Seattle. So, and that's hoping that it's, I mean, as of right now, it's just confirmed there's one, but we all know how COVID goes. That means there could be more to, to come. Um, so that is really disappointing. Um, it's frustrating. The Wild are already shorthanded right now with some injuries. We've got Merrill out and Greenway out and Dumba out and Jost out and uh Jost is traveling though, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be playing as of right now. So, I mean, it sounds like for the most part, as far as the injuries go, the wild should be pretty much at full health by the time the playoffs start in a couple weeks here. 
now the COVID issue here, hoping it's just this one person, this one time we can get it over with now and be healthy going into the playoffs. But um, just just frustrating um, the timing of it, knowing that um, there could be more to follow in the in the next few days or so. Yeah, it's. I mean, at this point, you know, especially coming off of clinching a playoff spot, it's yeah. like this is the last thing that uh, that anybody wanted to have to deal with. But thus is the way it goes when the uh, the policies as they are have you test on the way to and out of Canada. So this uh, this kind of thing, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen um, on a trip to Canada. So yeah. Uh, We'll we'll just have to wait and see there uh, as to who it is. I mean, we're playing the Montreal Canadiens, so that at least is a little bit of a uh, <laughs> little bit of a silver lining because they're not having a great year. So yeah. it should hopefully be a game that uh, the Wild can still take care of. But enough about that. Let's let's celebrate the uh, clinch. The Wild clinched. Kevin Fiala continues to be absurd and. Um, Everything that has happened through this season, the ups and downs, and going into the season not really knowing what uh, to expect from this team, how surprised are you to see the Wilds in the playoffs yet again uh, here this season? I'm not surprised to see them in the playoffs. I'm surprised at the level of success at which they've had to get to this point. I think coming into the season, there was obviously a lot of new pieces. You had some guys on some new contracts. You had some guys who were big pieces to the lineup no longer with the team. Um, you had a lot of things that changed in the offseason that would would make anybody question how the season might go. And, and you can look at a lineup and say, oh, yeah, we've got this guy and this guy and that guy and look at all this talent and should be a pretty good season. Um, but you never know how something on paper is going to play out in, in a real season over the course of 82 games. So not surprised the Wild made the, made the playoffs. I expected that. Um, and at the beginning of the season, I predicted the Wild were going to win the division um, because I like to be feisty like that. I don't always fully believe what I say, um, but I do like to throw those ideas out there. Um, and for a while, they they were at that top spot in the division. Then Colorado obviously took over and, and secured that up pretty tightly within the last month or so here. Um, but I, I, am, I am surprised at the fact that the Wild have had a consistently good season. Aside from about one month this season, the Wild have provided night in and night out made nearly every single game exciting and worthwhile to watch and that to me to a certain extent was a little surprising just given all of the unknowns heading into the season you've been doing this uh covering the minnesota wild for a while and i have followed the team for the last few years in terms of of clubhouse chemistry and just the tight knitness that this team shows this has got to be up near the top of the list in terms of the camaraderie. It just it seems like this group has, and, and I, I don't know how much tangibility you can put to you know good locker room, but at the same time, it has certainly played a huge role this season. I've been with this team 2018, 2019 was my first season with the team and I've been a fan since I could breathe. So um, I've followed <laughs> this team for a very long time, um, but only been around them since the 2018, 2019 season. And I, without a doubt, can say that at least from the perspective of an insider, someone who who's, has spent time around this team and worked with people who spend time around this team, this is without a doubt the, the closest group I've, I've ever seen. Um, and you can tell by the way they talk about each other in post-game press conferences, you know, it, 
in the way they talk about each other in in interviews in general. You can tell by the way Dean talks about the team. Um, you can tell by the way they respond in games that this is a team that really, really cares about each other. And we gave Dean a lot of grief for it in a very joking way when he kept saying at the beginning of the season, doesn't matter who you play next to. If they're wearing a wild jersey, you know, you're playing next to them, you're working hard for them. The Minnesota Wild took that to heart, and they have really played that way this season. Um, and I do think that is a big, big reason why the Minnesota Wild have had so much success. You talked about it being an intangible aspect, but it has endless value to it to be able to say that you're a close-knit group in the locker room because that's where the magic really happens. I mean, sure, you need to go out and play the game, and you have to have the talent and the skill to get the job done. You have to score goals. You have to stop goals from being scored. But when times are tough – it's in the locker room where the changes happen. And when things are going well, it's in the locker room where that's being celebrated and it's talked about how do we keep this going and where the leaders are really stepping up. So say what you want about it being an intangible part of sports in general, not even just hockey and not even just with this Minnesota wild team, but to have that kind of camaraderie in a locker room brings so much value. And even I would say just in general, not even the team, has better camaraderie this season. I really think the whole state of hockey community here has come together in a way I've never seen before. And Minnesota hockey fans are unlike any. They've been that way since the beginning of time. They were like that with the North Stars. They were like that when the Wild became a team. And they are like that today in 2022. But they have. it's like the, the team and the Wild fans are one right now. And I don't know if I've ever seen that. I mean, you always see the support. You see the excitement. You see them showing up at games and cheering and, and being loud and proud. But it is literally like the fans and the team is one right now. And everybody is one big team. And that's the best way that I can describe it. Um, and it is the coolest feeling to be a part of it and, and to see it unfolding in front of us. And that's why I think heading into this playoffs, I have more faith in this team than I've ever had before, just because the circumstances around the season and around the team, aside of uh, from what they're doing on the stat sheet, is unlike anything I've seen before. Yeah, it just... It is something to and and I've I've tried to do this during the season too is just tell people to truly like enjoy it because mm -hmm. this kind of thing does not happen all the time and records being broken uh, it, it truly has been a a very special season for this Minnesota Wild team but they're gonna have to bring it against whoever they play in the postseason. So tell you what, let's uh, let's stuff some teams in lockers uh, when we uh, continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports, betting, stats, and info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews and news, as well as this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and the NHL's push to the playoffs. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. The biggest, one of the biggest betting events in the country coming up here in a couple of weeks, that of course being the Kentucky Derby. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and so much more at Bet Online, where the game starts. The Lockdown Wild podcast is sponsored in part by Jake Danielson with First Class Mortgage. First Class Mortgage is your friendly local mortgage company in Maple Grove, Minnesota. If you're looking to purchase a new home, cabin, or investment property in Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, or Florida, give Jake a call today. Plus, if you're a homeowner, now is still a great time for a quick refinance review to see what options are available to help tap into your equity and fund those home improvement projects, consolidate debts, 
or put cash in your hands. First Class Mortgage is a local family-owned lender, and the best part about it is that Jake does the shopping for you to find competitive rates and programs for all of your home refinancing needs. And with over 700 five-star reviews, Jake at First Class Mortgage will be sure to deliver first-class experience and service for any of your home purchase or refinance needs. Best part about it is Jake is a born and raised Minnesotan and sports fan who would be honored to be your mortgage guy too. Contact Jake for a no-cost, no-obligation mortgage review at 763-416-6789. You can also email jake at firstclasscorp.com. Again, 763-416-6789. Plus, make sure to mention the Lockdown Wild podcast to receive a credit towards a free appraisal. Again, give a call to 763-416-6789 and go wild. Some restrictions do apply. First class mortgage is NMLS is 322-482 and Jake's NMLS is 202-5218. This is not an agreement to lock into an interest rate under Minnesota law. First class mortgage is an equal housing lender. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. Make sure that your second listen is the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Jesse and Alexis and producer Fred producer do a great Fred. job when he's not fired. Yeah, um, which is a lot of weeks, but when he's yeah. there, we have a great time. Yeah, <laughs> so make sure that you are following along with uh, everything that the Bar Down Beauties are doing to cover your favorite Minnesota Wild hockey team as well. Alexis, I think it's pretty set that it'll be the Wild and the Blues in the first round. It's like 99% guaranteed. And so let's just start with them and we'll move through the rest of the Western Conference. Tell me why the St. Louis Blues don't scare you the way that they scare a lot of people um I think the St. Louis Blues I mean this one is tough for me I feel the same way about the Blues as I feel about like a team like Colorado as I feel about a team like the Panthers you're not going to get away with scoring five six seven goals a night in the playoffs you're not uh maybe every now and then you will have a game where you'll get away with that, where you'll catch a team sleeping and you might be able to score that many goals. I would say even four goals a lot of times is hard to come by in a, in a playoff win. I mean, we're talking two, three goals you might be scoring a night, maybe four if you're lucky. And so the teams who are these high-flying, high-scoring teams, although obviously you want that in the regular season and you want to aim for that in the playoffs – you need to also be able to play some of those tighter, close checking games where maybe you're not getting a million goals a night. You got to find ways to play better defense, to shut things down, to um, be able to win with only scoring maybe two or three goals a night. Um, and so the teams like those three that I just listed and the Blues specifically here, those teams worry me because sometimes when you get used to scoring that many goals, you don't know how to play tighter hockey when it when it comes your way. And so that's why I think a team like the Blues could maybe get caught um, sleeping in the playoffs where they won't know how to adjust to that kind of style of hockey. Um, also, I they've got decent goaltending, but I wouldn't say it's spectacular goaltending. And that's one of the biggest things I look at come playoffs is not how is your starting goalie, how is your tandem? I care about your tandem. And we've seen it a million times where injuries happen in the playoffs and and the backup has to step in or every now and then you'll see a goalie who wants or a coach who wants to do a rotation. We very well might see Dean do that in the playoffs for the wild. So I care about your tandem. Um, And that's what I think the Minnesota or the St. Louis 
Blues, excuse me, might struggle with is goaltending and playing lower scoring games in the playoffs. Well, we saw it against Huso in the uh, the last matchup against the Blues in that St. Louis had that 4-1 to lead and it looks like that game was by all accounts over and then all of a sudden yeah. you blink and it's 5-5. So he's, he's definitely beatable and um, this Blues team, yes, they're red hot right now. Mm-hmm. Still six games to where something could uh, something could happen that gets them off the tracks, and yeah. we've seen it here in the state of Minnesota how many times where you can have a red hot team going into the playoffs and one thing happens and it just completely derails. Well, and even in regards to the Minnesota Wild specifically, um, those two teams playing each other in the first round because, like you said, it's pretty much it's set in stone at this point. The only question is who's going to have the home ice advantage. Um, but somebody made this comment to me the other day, and I totally forgot about this. So I went on a big rant after a Wild game the other night, and my Buttes breakdown about like, hey, if you're having a meltdown about the Wild not being able to beat the Blues, <laughs> like figure out your life. And somebody quote tweeted the video, and they were like, "Remember, Wild fans, last season the Wild had the Golden Knights number." in the regular season and beat them, I think in every single game, you know, at the very least, maybe lost one game and they lost to them in seven games in the playoffs because Flurry was the slightly better goaltender in that game and won them a game seven. So I was like, Oh, that's right. So, I mean, at the same time, like if, if wild fans are worried about the matchup specifically with the wild versus the blues, I don't really care how the regular season goes. If you got to this point where you're in the playoffs, that's a whole, it might as well be a whole different season. I mean, for all I care, because anything can happen. It's a race to to four and forget about what happened in the regular season, because a lot happens over the course of 82 games. You're now condensing all of this talent into possibly only seven games and whatever happens in those seven games, you just got to win four of them. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize what St. Louis has done this season, but I, I don't think that they should be, you know, looked at as like, oh my God, we, we're not going to win a single game against them. Like, forget about it. Like, they're they're not that good, okay? The Wild can play right. with them. They can compete with them. And if they if the Wild win the series, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, it's the greatest underdog story of all time. Like, no, it's it's going to, okay, that you won the series. Now go play the next one. Um, Nashville is like the, the little brother to St. Louis that tries to do exactly the same thing that the bigger brother does, but they're not good at it. They're not as good at it. I mean, they're a good team. They've obviously got, you know, one of the better goalies probably in the conference in, uh, UC Soros, but as we saw against the blues, that, um, if, if you don't have that good goaltending, you're a mess. And so... I don't know. I yes, it's been concerning to see how the uh, the Predators have taken care of the Wild this year, but at the same time, you're not going to have to worry about it in the playoffs. Most likely, they can't really. I don't think they can even really legitimately catch either the Wild or St. Louis to uh, to pull them out into a wild card spot. So who cares? Yeah, I Nashville to me, I think the the like annoying little brother is like the perfect comparison because to me Again, Nashville has some talent. They've got some guys in that team who can score. They've got some guys on that team who have the Minnesota Wilds number. No doubt about it. We've seen it this season. I agree that goaltending, I think, could be an issue for Nashville. And I think the biggest thing for Nashville is that they are very good at making other teams play their kind of hockey. 
I don't think Nashville is a supremely talented team. They have some talent on their team and they have played well enough to at this point in time, be sitting in one of those wild card spots, but I, they're not a team that I look at. I'm like, Oh my God, here we got to play. You know, if we got matched up against Nashville, I, I wouldn't be like overly concerned about it. Nashville, what they've done all season to the wild is make them play Nashville predators hockey, which yep. is not as skilled as Minnesota wild hockey and the wild to Nashville's credit has bit on that and they'll play their kind of hockey and they get beat at it. So I think that's something that Nashville is good at. And you don't have as much success doing that in the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, the teams who make it know what they're about. They know their identity and it takes a lot more to get them off of their game. Um, then maybe you can get away with in the regular season. So I don't even think Nashville could win a first, a first, uh, um, round playoff series. I, I'm even going to go as far as to say, I don't even know if they could make it competitive. That, that's how little I believe in Nashville's ability to do anything in the playoffs. So I could see them losing in like five games. I, if, if I'm going to pick a series to, you know, and we don't know yet who they're going to be matched up against, but I could see them being the kind of team who gets beat in five games this season. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and, well, Nashville and St. Louis both have played a style of like, get the wilds in the box and just score on the penalty kill. Like, mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's Which not Seth, you and I could score on the penalty kill. I, I know at this point. So <laughs> like I've I have skated maybe one time in my entire <laughs> life and I still just stand out there and get your stick on the puck. I'll feed you. Put a, me a right. Shot. <laughs> put me right in front of the net. And because nobody occupies that space, I will yeah. tap one pass. You don't even have to get your stick on it. You just have to let it no. hit you and get, <laughs> get into the back of the net. Piece of cake. Uh, the other team in this Western Conference field that I wanted to talk about is the uh, the Vegas long term IRs, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights? Um, <laughs> they're mistake. they're doing it again. They're doing yeah. it again, and they're just they are juggling so many players on long term IR, and just the roster getting themselves ready for the inevitable playoff run because they're all of a sudden going to be healthy because of the way that they maneuver the salary cap. Uh, is that a concern for you that Vegas could all of a sudden just appear? and steal some wins. Vegas and Tampa Bay must be copying each other's notes about cap issues come playoff time because they are on the same page when it comes to that stuff. But I... (sighs) Vegas is one of those teams that since their inception has been just so cocky because they had so much success in that first season that I think when they look at themselves, they're like, Oh, we can do anything. Like, I I think they truly believe that about themselves because they took everyone by surprise in the first season. And they feel like they've got the power to do that now every single season for the rest of eternity. So, but to me, this Vegas golden Knights team has been kind of discombobulated this year. They had some stretches where they were really bad. They had some stretches where they were playing pretty good hockey. Uh, You know, they had all the stuff with Jack Eichel and now he's playing a little bit better. And, you know, you find, get him on the roster and all of this stuff they had the debacle at the trade deadline where they like illegally signed a player and then had to like give him back up like 12 hours later so I, I think Vegas just doesn't really know what their identity is this season and that's why they don't really scare me that much but like I said confidence is a hell of a drug so if you really believe that you can go do something I think people underestimate that sometimes of like looking at certain teams who like, you're like, there's no way this team is going to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden they're feeling themselves so much that they're like, forget about you. I am going to go do that. So I think Vegas is that kind of team who has that attitude about themselves, but I don't think they're one of the more talented teams in the Western conference, which is a very competitive conference this year. Um, But I will say 
that Pacific division that they're in is not very competitive. The Minnesota wild would be in the top spot in the Pacific division if they were in that division, yep. just for perspective. So um, I don't have a ton of faith that they're going to do much in the playoffs, but like I said, confidence can, can really do a team wonders. Um, and you never know what happens come playoff time. They're like Frankenstein's monster. If Dr. Frankenstein tried to defer the medical bills <laughs> and just yeah. builds, build this, this just creature, but I'm not going to pay for it until like way down the line. Yeah. No, that is a, you're killing it with the comparisons today. A hundred percent that they, they like are like, okay, here, we've got all the pieces, but someone else take care of paying for yeah. this and building it for us. And I'm putting, maybe we'll get the job done. But. I'm going to, I'm going to file all of this under a fake name so that it just all of the bills go to that person and not to me. So right. congrats, Vegas. Glad you, uh, glad you have <laughs> manipulated the rules enough to where we have to keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of something that we can continue to talk about, we are going to finish today's episode by talking about the guy who needs to be, I'm just going to flat out say it, he needs to be the number one priority for this team in the offseason, Mr. Kevin Fiala. We will finish getting Alexis's thoughts on Fiala on the leader. We'll talk about that and more to finish today's episode of Locked on Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Plus, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and rockauto.com's prices are reliably low for every customer. So head to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All at rockauto.com. Final segment of today's episode of Locked On Wilds. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Wilds your first listen each and every day. Bar Down Beauty's podcast, make that your second listen of the day. Alexis Pearson is here joining us, and I have done the numbers. I've crunched the numbers on Kevin Fiala's stats, and I Can coined... you share your notes with Dean Evison and Bill Garrett, please? <laughs> I coined the term, because it just... Everybody is saying, you know, he's on an absolute heater right now. It seemed like it wasn't good enough, and so I have just gone around to saying that he's on an leader. And I think he has, in the last 40 games, something like 25 goals and 40 assists. It's just, it's video game numbers for a guy who's 25 years old. He seemed like he was probably the odd man out going into the season. Mm -hmm. But I think enough has changed with Fiala in terms of what he has done since Matt Boldy came up. What he has done himself in his overall game that... I don't see any way that this team can recover, and maybe that's a strong word, but I don't see any way that this team can recover short-term by choosing to let him go. Yes, if you trade him, you're going to get assets back, but then you're just going to be using some of those assets to try to replace him. So why not just keep him? Yes, it's going to require some trades, but I just I don't see a scenario where this team is better by letting Kevin Fiala walk. 
Maybe we can convince convince him to take a Ryan Hart Hartman team friendly deal in the off season to get him to stay. Um, but no, I I agree. At this point, it is much more in the realm of needing to sign him rather than hey, maybe you can try to finesse this and it would be cool to have him. Like, no, do you want to play against him? Because that's it. Your options are either you get to play against Kevin Fiala now or you get to have him on your team for however many years you could possibly sign him for. Um, this is we're we're about to enter the era of of the cap hit of the Ryan Suter and Zach Prezi buyout biting us in the butt. And that's just what it is. We knew it was gonna happen when when the buyouts happened this offseason. I think Bill Guerin did a good job with the time that he had and the money that he had to do what he could to salvage some of that money. And now we're going to enter the phrase, the phase where um, there's not much we can do. Our hands are going to be a little bit tied here um, as far as um, deals go and signings go. So Kevin Fiala, I mean, if you even think about the overtime winner that he, that t- was tipped in by Spurgeon that Fiala set up, he was skating like Kirill Kaprizov. If you would have taken the numbers off of his Jersey and asked me to identify who that player was, I would have said that's Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, he's just moving with so much more. I mean, the edges on that play that he had was unbelievable. And I mean, that's what he started to do so well. Um, and the two biggest differences from in my opinion, as far as why Kevin Fiala has had a better season this year than we've seen in seasons past one, I think the addition of Matt Boldy has been bigger than people are even talking about people. We've mentioned it. We've said, Oh, how great has this line been? They're a good pair, but I do think it's even so much bigger than what fans are even initially noticing with them. I really think it has boosted Kevin Fiala's confidence. I think it has been a big reason why Matt Boldy's had so much success this year. Um, And I just think those two work well together. They're kind of in an off-brand way like Matt Matt Zuccarello and Kirill Kaprizov with that chemistry. You know, it's like they just know where each other is going to be. I think they like playing with each other. Um, And the other big thing, I think um, um, accountability is the other thing that I've seen out of Kevin Fiala this season that I really haven't seen in seasons past. And to be honest, I've seen that from a lot of wild players this season that I haven't always seen in seasons past. So this isn't just him. Um, I just think it's a new attitude. This wild team has going back to our conversation at the very beginning of the podcast, but Kevin Fiala wild fans, biggest issue with him and Dean Evison's biggest issue with him and everyone's biggest issue with him was his turnovers. When Kevin Fiala is having a bad game, he was turning over pucks that were ending up in the back of our net. It was simple as that. And they were frustrating plays. You'd get so mad at him. Why are you trying to make that play in the neutral zone? Just make the easy play, get the puck out. And he was trying to do too much. And he wasn't scoring enough goals to make up for the fact that he was also sometimes turning the puck over, right? You can have a little bit of a balance there. I'm okay with high risk, high reward, but you got to have the reward too. And he wasn't for the longest time. And he'd have flashes where he was really good, but then he'd go, you know, 10, 15, 20 games without having, you know, much happening. This season, he has put together so much better, a, a better string of hockey. I think in the last, like most of his points this season, you know, he he's put, he, like you said, he's been on a heater the last like two, three months here. Um, and I do think that when he's had bad games, you have seen him own up to that in post-game press yep. conferences. He has said, I can't make that play. I can't turn that puck over. That's on me. And accountability is a huge thing for me in the way that I respect athletes, because I get, you're not going to be perfect. I just want you to own up to it. When you make a mistake that costs your team, a goal, a play, a situation, whatever he's done that this season, you need to sign him in the off season. I guarantee you, you do not want to play against a guy like him and the wild success. Yes. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Ryan Hartman, that top line has been tremendous this season. But Kevin Fiala has been a huge, huge, huge part of it as well. And he has put together some big goals that have helped this team win some big games, get some big points. 
you don't want him gone in the offseason. I can promise you that. Preach. The other thing that I mentioned to people who are like, well, he only had three goals in like his first 25 games. I'm like, he had Victor Rask as his center and Freddie Goudreau was playing wing at that point. Yeah. Like, so yes, I, I, I fully agree that uh, the turnovers at times are an issue. And so I can, I can agree with people who, who point that out and who mm-hmm. say, you know, he turns the puck over way too much. Like at, at times he does, but we need to also acknowledge the fact that he, as you said, has been a huge part of this team's success here in the second half and has given this team two dynamic scoring lines that one can take over when you have what happened to the Kaprizov line against the Sharks where they had arguably one of their worst games of the season. That Kevin Fiala line said, okay, we're going to step this up, we're going to take this game over, and we're going to win it. And he is not a defensive liability anymore. Mm-mm. He is pretty aggressive in terms of like running the puck down and and things of those, and, and he plays in the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. So he has turned into just this one from this one trick pony to somebody who can actually help you in multiple areas. If you put him in the face off circle, I guarantee he'd probably do okay <laughs> there too. Well, and the other thing about Kevin Fiala, which. Again, this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, but when you've got a guy on your team like Kirill Kaprizov and you've got a set of guys on your team with chemistry like Matt Sukarel and Kirill Kaprizov have, it can sometimes feel like you're kind of just in their shadow. And with teams who don't have good chemistry and teams who don't have a good identity and a good game plan for how they want to go about their season, you'll see that with players who are maybe have a lot of talent and maybe do get a decent amount of points, but they're playing they feel like they're playing in the shadow of somebody with with, you know, who's lighting it up, getting all this attention. And hey, if I'm Kevin Fiala, I would maybe come into the season with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. You spent all this time on Kirill Kaprizov in the offseason. You paid all this money. He, Him and his agent dragged you along for however long before signing their contract. And you only paid me this much and I'm only on a one-year deal. I would maybe be a little salty about that. And I don't think we could be mad at him if he was. He didn't play that way this season, though. He went out there. He did what he had to do. And he tried to play hockey like Kevin Fiala does and he's been darn good at it since since the beginning of the season so I think that's a huge thing to say okay you know we've got this top line with all this incredible talent but then let us roll out our second line and watch them score some goals too and like you said if one line is slacking this line is going to pick it up and they'll put the puck in the back of the net and I think that's huge that he's been able to step up in that way recognizing that he's probably not going to be considered the superstar of this team for years to come and if he signs a new contract he's still not going to be the superstar of this team even if they pay him the same amount of money they pay Kirill Kaprizov which they can't afford that but just for heck's sake let's say that they did (laughs) you know he's not going to be the superstar in this team so to be able to put together those numbers play your game well, having somebody else on the team who steals this attention night after night, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov, with good reason, has fans' attention. Pretty good. Um, but that's a huge credit to Kevin Fiala to keep playing his game that way and and scoring when he can and doing what he can to help this team because not every team has that kind of camaraderie where guys will do that night after night in you know in the shadow of another player who is in the talks of the NHL of being one of the elite players in the league. I I guarantee that Bill Guerin is going to find a way to do this that none of us have <laughs> anticipated he's going to be like hey look we've got like four guys that are going to be on long-term ir for the next four years and so we just have like 15 million in cap space let's do it 
problem solved. Yeah. But we, you know, we made the joke on our podcast this week. We were like, hey, Wild fans, uh, you helped pay Ryan Hartman's fine. If you want to help pay Kevin Fiala's uh, upcoming contract, feel free to get after that because we can start raising money now. <laughs> could probably get we could probably get to seven point seven point five or whatever by the end of the season. <laughs> um, got to 40K in like a week. So, yeah, give it time. Wild fans can make it happen. And all in all, resign Kevin Fiala. We both will be happy about it. Everybody will be happy about it, and then we don't have to we don't have to talk about it anymore. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. So uh, give Alexis a follow on Twitter at uh, Alexis Mariana. There we go. I was going to see if you're going to try to pronounce it. Every I very few people get it right on the first try, but it's always a valiant effort. So I I have no shame if I if I can't pronounce it. I'll just uh, I'll just defer. <laughs> so that works. But uh, give Alexis a follow. Make sure to follow the Bar Down Beauties podcast as well. Make sure to follow Lockdown Wilds wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media as well. We are all keeping you as up to date on all things Minnesota Wild as we can. And Lockdown Wilds keeps you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as parts of the Lockdown Podcast Network.